Lonely Monk Productions. I don't know if y'all have heard 7571 by Nat Myers yet, but yo. That's my joy. That's my joy. What's good, friends and family, neighbors, near and far? Welcome to an all-new episode of the Yo, That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I'm your host, Nate Runkle, a.k.a. John Boyega, a.k.a. John Gotti, a.k.a. Nate 3.0. Back at it again with yet another episode of the podcast. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health and in good spirits. On today's episode, I am joined by singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist E.J. Simpson. We have a fantastic chat about his new album, You Purple Virgin Presents Fabulous Fantasy, and we talk about so much more. That's coming up in a bit, but first, what it do, gang? Okay, yeah, man, we took a tiny break following a nice run of episodes here while Katie and I traveled to New Orleans for a little R&R, and man, what a beautiful city. We took in all the sights. We got to peruse some art and history, and guys, of course, we ate some incredible food. But most importantly, being the birthplace of jazz, we took in some music. And, you know, it just so happened that while we were down there, our pal and our former guest G. Love was playing at the House of Blues. So we got to watch G and Jimmy Jazz and Chuck Treese lay down them sweet-ass grooves of the most specialist of sauces. And I was mostly excited to see the homie Nat Myers opening the show yet again. I first met Nat when G played Philly back in January, and I was blown away by his blues chops, man. They, like, calls to mind the likes of Robert Johnson and Mississippi John Hurt. Dude has some serious skill finger-picking on the guitar. And man, what a voice on him. He's got an album coming out this summer entitled Yellow Pearl, produced by Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys, and I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Definitely be on the lookout for that. You know, he and I have been chatting, and I hope to get him on the show soon. So, guys, cross them fingers, y'all. But the trip was amazing, and I feel so blessed that I got to experience such a wonderful town with the love of my life. But now, we are back, and it is time to get back to work. You know, I gotta lace my friends and neighbors with a new episode, and that is this. But, you know, before we get into it, let's go down the checklist. Have you signed up for the mailing list yet? If that answer is no, well, why don't you just take a second and go to www.yothatsmyjohn.com and just, you know, sign on up. Or you can do it right here. Wherever you're listening to this, there should be a link in the show notes to sign up for the mailing list. Click it there. And then, you know, of course, follow us on the socials at Yo, That's My John. Dig. Alrighty, quick break. Then we jump into my conversation with EJ Simpson. But we, as the kids like to say, will be right back. Do you like storytelling? Or do you like me? 
Well, join me on April 27th at Caveat in New York City on the Lower East Side as I share a true story from my life on the show Risk. Created and hosted by my former guest and my pal Kevin Allison, Risk is the live show and weekly podcast where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share in public. And here's a tip. Tickets are available now for $18 if you purchase them in advance or, you know, $20 at the door if you wait until the day of. Can't make it to New York but still want to catch the show? Well, the night is being live streamed via Stellar and those tickets are only $15. Visit www.risk-show/tour for more details. That's www.risk-show/tour. Hope to see you there. My guest today is a Philadelphia-based singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist who has made his name as a member of seminal Philly music acts, including The Goats, Maggie Pearson EJ, Baru Review, and Boris Garcia, just to name a few. He is set to perform his 17th annual solo revival of Jesus Christ Superstar at Old Swedes Church on April 21st. And then, on May 5th, he will be releasing his third solo album, You Purple Virgin Presents Fabulous Fantasy, a 10-song collection recorded, mixed, and mastered by Grammy Award winner Phil Niccolo and recorded and produced by himself and Adrian Harpham. Folks, it is my honor to welcome to the show, E.J. Simpson. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today by the great E.J. Simpson. E.J., thank you for joining me on Yo, That's My John. Yo, thanks for having me, Nate. <laughs> so I'm super excited to be able to uh, pick your brain. I've been listening to the new album um, uh, because I, I got a little bit of an advanced copy. And, oh, a vinyl. I love it. That looks beautiful. I am definitely going to have to snag a copy of that. Um but but you've you've been a staple in the area for so long, and uh, I'm just so excited that we're gonna get a chance to have this little chat. Nice. Um, so tell all these uh, fine folks a little bit about uh, your your childhood and all. Where did you grow up? Nate, how's your turntable working? You do have a turntable, right? I do have a turntable. Yeah, I have a, a very uh, fantastic collection too that uh, was left to me by my father. So um, nice. Okay. Um, I was born in Pennsylvania, and as a little kid, I was in Kansas and upstate New York. Oh, yeah? But then back out in Narberth, you know, since I was about 12. Okay, okay. So, you know, and my parents met at Temple University in the choir, so there's music and Philly, you know, all throughout the, uh, the blood and everything. <clears throat> Yeah, deep in the roots. So, what what were um what were they kind of into? What what, what music were they listening to? Well, if, you know, my dad was. This is my this is a family piano that I'm now I've inherited. So it's kind of trippy to be you know living living with it. My dad loved jazz and he loved R and B, early doo wop and that kind of thing. And my mom was into classical and more of folk. The Joni Leonard, Judy kind of set. And that's a pretty widespread if you think about it. Oh, and my dad was an avid record collector too. So he'd have thousands, stuff he collected since he was like, he bought this stuff new when he was a teen. So he had a great big doo-wop, R&B, and jazz, and rock. 
he had 60s and 70s rock, which we kind of discovered later when we were flipping through Dad's collection. Yeah. Isn't that the weirdest thing is to uh, dig through and it's like, wait, I never heard you listen to this. You were into super cool shit. (laughs) Exactly. We're like, when we kind of discovered the doors or whatever, he's like, I got got all the records downstairs. We're like, you do? Well, you you know, uh, along those lines, and this was something else that I I was going to pick your brain about, is um, in 86, when MTV started re-airing the monkeys, my dad was like, uh, boy, do I have something to show you. And then, like, he pulled out, like, the the monkeys vinyls. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is the greatest moment of my life. Well, I I heard your Nesmith bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Because, like, he's the best. He's the absolute best. It's so funny that he and Navy didn't get along. So as soon as Davy died, they were the trio, the different trio. But now there's one man left. And he's doing it all himself. And uh, he's he j- playing uh, um, nearby in a couple, in a week. Yeah, he just, uh, just on Saturday, kicked off that tour. And from uh, what I understand, it, it's, it's a, a very emotional one. Have you ever, you know, it's this is it, man. I know it's not Mike, but you're going to go? I think I'm going to try. Um, I saw Mike twice um, yeah. solo, once at the Colonial and once at the World Cafe. We were uh, front row for that. And that was... You uh, mean just Mike and his guitar? No, no, no. Uh, his Yeah, his band. Um, but, um, but man, what, uh, just what a, what a, uh, inspiration, uh, to me. Um, you, you do some monkeys tribute. Yeah. Um, kind of look, I can tie this in because the second I was kind of into beach boys, but then I got into monkeys as a kid and the vinyl and I've been listening and my girlfriend will, will play a lot of monkeys. If we're driving, she'll be DJ and we're starting to go into some really deep tracks and they were heavy and psychedelic and I'm listening and I'm like, wait a minute, like subconsciously there's an influence. I'm here. I'm like, wait a minute. This, this bit reminds me of one of my songs, but I haven't like heard it or listened to it since I was a kid. The deep Absol- Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it totally makes sense. Like, um, you know, they, they got, um, like, I, I believe, I, I don't know if it's, um, <laughs> Uh, rumor or not, but I believe that they were the uh, first band to use a Moog synthesizer on on a track. Um, and like you know, like it's it's part of my um, my plea for them to get the recognition that they deserve because like they were they were highly influential to so many people, and I just think they kind of get snubbed for being the quote unquote made up band, you know. Yeah, they, they did all pass the audition, but then they were like, wait, wait, we're real musicians. And the guys were like, no, 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 you just pass the audition and we want you to be this cookie cutter TV show. And they're like, no, no, we're, that's why we pass the audition. Cause anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Any, any chance I get to talk to monkeys. I'm, uh... I would go that down the road. I mean, I know we're talking about stuff, but. We, the whole thing could be a bit about the monkeys. <laughs> well, you know, I might, we might, we might have to uh, bring it back for a part two and just, and just geek out on well, we should look up the dates. We, we got to look up the Mickey dates there, Nate. I think that's, you know. Yeah, definitely. Last man standing. Come on. I uh, I actually put a uh, request to try to interview him on this show um, because, Whoa. yeah, because of that. Last man standing. And, like, that band meant so much to me. So I really, I really hope it, it pulls through. But uh, I haven't heard yeah. back. So um, Fingers crossed here on the video. I, yeah. uh, I I did see half the Beatles. So I've, I've, I've seen half the Beatles. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, the um, uh, R- R- Ringo or George? I saw two nights of Paul back to back, and then I went to see Ringo uh, at Radio City. 
That's awesome. And it was a surprise. It was like, just get on the train. Don't look. We're going to a concert. I was like, okay. And it was Ringo. It was great. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. I couldn't imagine. My head would blow up. My head blew up. Yeah, I um my 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 only Beatles I've I've never seen Paul and I've never seen Ringo, but my only Beatles connection is uh I've seen Sean Lennon a bunch of times and oh, wow. uh I was at Johnny Brenda's one day and he was uh standing next to me uh at the bar ordering a tequila and I was like, Well, this is close enough. <laughs> yeah, I saw George's kid uh, sorry, George's kid. I saw Danny Harrison at the uh, World's Cafe, right where you saw Mike Nesbitt. Oh, that's awesome. He's so good too. Like and looks so much like his father. Yeah. It's disturbing. <laughs> Well, every you could tell that half the people had never heard of his music. They just were there because of his dad. And when he said, thanks, folks, or, you know, this next song is called, you could see people like, because <gasps> he sounds very much like his padre. What what can you say? Yeah, yeah. I um the uh, At that Johnny Brenda's show with Sean Lennon, it was very, uh, there was this uh, very drunk woman behind me oh. um, who for like three songs was just like, it's so sad what happened to his dad, oh. very loudly. And I was just like, oh my God, this is a small room. I am pretty sure he can hear you. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, it's brutal. It's pretty brutal. So um, the, now, that, now that I completely got sidetracked, I have ADHD, so this could really go off the rails. Uh, you, you don't edit this, right? You're just going to throw it on, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. This is where oh, the magic when do you? When does it get? Are we on live now or when do you throw it up? No, this will go out on uh, Monday. Oh, good Monday. So Monday. that brings me back to May of 2023, right? No, April of 2023. April. That's right. <laughs> Here we are, April 4th, 2023. That's right. That's Welcome right. back. Um, so, um, uh, when, when did you start playing music? Um, as a kid and, uh, I fooled around on the guitar and this piano and saxophone, but it was the bass that I got serious on, uh, at about age 12 or a talent show, one of my brother's talent shows. I was like, what's that guy playing? And it turned out to be a bass. And so it was the ba- but I was always singing and I was in a choir. I made a record when I was 12 because I was in a choir that made a record. But then the guitar came along and this is always the piano. And um, and you know, it kind of grew from there, a mandolin. Now, now I play several instruments. I have a few within arm's reach, but but it's, yeah. a, it's an audio show. <laughs> oh, that is beautiful. Tell the folks at home what it is, Nate. Is that a uh, what? What do we call that? A Leica? Um, yeah. Is that what it is? Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's in a Beatles lyric. Let me hear your ballad like a ringing out. Yes. I got, the, I got the chords written right here. I got to look down and look at the chords. Ballad like a. Bella Leica. I love it. That's beautiful. Is that is that a new acquirement uh, or have you had it for quite some time? I've had it a while. And uh, the woman who gave it to me's father actually brought it back on the plane from Russia in the 60s is the story that I heard. Wow. I should I should have I should maybe I'm gonna have to go grab my bass Nate because the whole my whole namesake of my my band, my project is called You Purple Virgin. And that's named after my purple five string bass that I made. So that's that's uh the um um hold on, it's gonna come to me. Uh modulus graphite, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh it's my research, my research. <laughs> modulus, yeah, they're they're um I don't know, have you ever heard of that guitar company before? I haven't, no. 
there are some people are, you know, the guitar set might be like, oh, wow. There's this is, you know, it depends on your audience. Oh, wow. It's a modulus graphite. Graphite. Um, Steinberger bases were made of graphite, but now there's a lot of things made of graphite. Your, your bicycle frames and your and your tennis rackets, you know. So yeah, I worked out there in San Francisco way back, and I was able to make this uh, fabulous five-string uh, purple base of mine. It's uh, from from if if it's what I've seen um, in pictures, it's absolutely stunning. I know. It's like I was gonna go grab it. I'm like, wait. This is audio only, so I'll pretend that I have it. It's yeah. the, there's a picture of it on the uh, on the you know the bio and stuff. So yeah. So so you um, at twelve find the bass and and become enthralled. Um, what what was it about the bass that kind of grabbed you? Like what was the uh, the draw? Wow, I don't know. It was like there was a bit of a mystery. I was like I could see the guitar and the pianos. I was like, what's that guy doing? Kind of the move, you know, the kind of stealth approach of it i guess you know it's an interesting question but they were like oh that's a bass you know and then and then uh i, I was able to get one with the tooth fairy brought me one again thanks to the mom and the dad and um but then from there i got into bass players and but the guitar was happening and this piano and, and songwriting was kind of happening but what um who was kind of your uh your bass guy early on like who were who were you most uh kind of drawn to I was digging the McCartney turn it up kind of stuff. I was listening to some of the uprights on the jazz records from my dad. I remember learning um, Panic in Detroit was a big, like, I just sat down and listened to it over and over again. And I bowed to John and Yoko, just like, you know, the boom, 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 And it's like, that's loud and bouncy and fun. And, and then some Grateful Dead got in there and Jocko Pastorius and Entwistle, you know, and then, yeah, then there you go. It all leads to Jocko, doesn't it? Like <laughs> many roads lead to Jocko. <laughs> it all leads. Um, so uh, when did you, did you? I know you said you kind of did that uh, choir album at twelve, but um, were you put? Were you playing in any um, bands on bass or guitar um, in in middle school, high school? Those. Oh years? yeah, yeah. I had some um, some pals, and we're all still pals. So we're all still playing. Uh, and we, we, our first band was called the Vegetables. It was pretty loose. We had a lot of great jam parties in my dad's basement. Um, so I guess I'll name the people that I played with. Uh, one of them was Adrian Harpum, who's a drummer extraordinaire who produced this. Oh, no kidding. produced this with me. And he's, you got to get him on your show because he's got quite a uh, storied career. The other guy is named Pierce Ternay. And maybe you remember a trio called Maggie Pierce and EJ. Yes. The other guy is David Copa, who's playing blues all over the Philadelphia area. So, that was one of the first jam ensembles, but I was also jamming with uh, Steve Wolf, who's an incredible drummer with a great career, and uh, Andy Kravitz, who's a producer, drummer extraordinaire. And these are all lifers. Like, we all just met. It wasn't like, oh, we used to play when we were teenagers. We're all still, uh, it's pretty much at the fore and, like, full-time um, career path from that the first several people that I that I came up with. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think there is something to that kind of bond um, that if you find the right people uh, when you're starting, like they will be with you forever. Like my my the guy who um, I play with uh, who plays drums 
um, we we learned instruments together. Like he had access to a drum set. So it was like, okay, I guess you're the drummer. And I had access to a guitar. So it was like, I guess I better learn how to play guitar, you know? And like, and we still play. Like we, we, we'll, we're playing, we got a bunch of gigs lined up for this summer. Um, like little patio shows and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Do you but, have a band um, name or what is it? Are we going to talk about that? Because we could. <laughs> <laughs> um well we've gone through many band names but uh currently the the bar that we play at books us as the trash can margaritas um nice. but but uh but our our main um kind of thing at the back in the day was we were the swinging cannons and then he followed me into another project called um the impact players which uh nice. was uh, kind of my main thing but um but no he's he's phenomenal he's better than me he um i don't know if you're familiar um with a band called uh, Tribe of Names, uh, they're a pro names. Uh, prog rock band. Uh, nice. They're absolutely incredible. They just uh, released a new album, um, maybe a few months ago or something like that. Um, but he's playing drums with them, and like it just blows wow. my mind that this guy who didn't know how to play his drums, you know, when we were like 13, 14 years old, is now Tribe like, of Names. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. You guys are like the Van Halen brothers, you know, because you're drums and, and guitar. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, so what um, when you guys were kind of jamming it out and stuff like that, were you writing originals or were you guys like doing covers or a mixture? All the above, or? really, really. And it's funny you mentioned prog because I feel like there's some prog in, in this album. Definitely. Yeah, we were we were all songwriters. Adrian, the least, but now he's quite a songwriter and producer. Like I said, Pierce, because I was in Maggie Pierce and EJ, and he's still a busy songwriter. Copa was rocking the blues. Uh, so, yes, that's the short answer is yes. As yeah. well as playing blues, as well as playing a lot of Beatles. Are there, uh, do you do you have any uh, recordings of that early stuff that still exists? Absolutely. I got I got a cassette collection that's like us, you know, learning shit. And just like, and the, the drum set falls apart and you break a string and the cassette till, you know, till your 45 minutes run, run out and then yeah. your, your tape runs out. It's so awesome. I just I just bought a uh, uh, one of those cassette to USB uh, converters oh, yeah. to be able to convert all those old tapes. And I keep threatening people. I just found a, a recording of myself at seven interviewing my sister as a newborn. Um, and, and it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, I guess this podcast thing was always meant to happen. <laughs> as a newborn. Was... That sounds like kind of absurdist, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like looking around with this big eye, big baby eyes. And you're like, so what do you think of blah, blah, blah? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so what was kind of, um, your, your first, um, foray into something a little more serious as a band, you know, less, uh, kind of palling around in the basement, more playing out. We would play the, uh, talent shows and, um, I kind of also joined a Grateful Dead band, but I had to travel to another circle of friends out in Havertown. Um, but we played a bunch of crazy big parties. Um, that brand was called Walrus Gumboot. Kind of a funny name for a Grateful Dead band, but it, uh, it, it was a good good time for several years and in, in my high school years. Um, I was gigging as a teenager, but another person I met who I'm still in touch with is named John Abella. And he's back in Philly now, and it's great to be reconnected. Um, we never really fell out, but we're, he's you know right down the street now. So, And he called me one day. He said, hey, you know, he had, he had vanished for a year or three. And he's like, I'm living in San Francisco we had this great chemistry musically. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, uh, I think I'm moving to San Francisco. So that might be the, one of the early things I did. And he and I 
with a, another guy named Chris Thomas uh, were this heavy blues trio, melodic and, uh, and um, swinging called Johnny's Problem in the Bay Area in like the 90s. You know, we'll, we'll, listen, we'll crank some of that stuff up one of these times. That's awesome. That's um, so like uh, early 90s or? Uh... Yeah, early yeah. 90s. And out there, I met East Bay Ray from the Dead Kennedys, and I was doing a lot of gigs and sessions. And there was a whole blues scene on uh, on Grant Street, Grant Green, up in um, North Beach. Ever been to San Francisco, Nate? No, I haven't. It, I was there kind of recently, and it's still just such a vibey, incredible place. It's this peninsula. It's this bay. It's this fog. You know. Uh, so, but plus, when you move somewhere when you're 19, it's you know, you get your mind will will be blown. But out there, it was it was great. Yeah. Um, what, what brought you back from, uh, from the San Fran? We're just, we're just, this is a, this is a roadmap, Nate. I love it. <laughs> well, I told you Pierce was an early buddy and one of my visits back to Philly, you know, a annual thing, or maybe a couple times a year. Pierce very casually takes me to a session. He had done one and I did, and we did this other one and it was a weird, like we had never, I'd never worked this way before. Uh, and it was the demo that led to the goats. Do we know about the goats a little bit? Oh, Billy, oh, right? Yeah, we know about the goats. <laughs> we know about the goats. You mentioned Trees, of course. He was like, there was a, yeah. So the goats, and the goats hits about one out of seven or eight people, times you mention it. A lot of people are like, they didn't know the goats. But one out of ten, they're like, holy crap, the goats. So they have a big impact and a big influence. And uh, we were we were sharing bills with The Roots, a lot of people know the roots, but I say, well, no, there was a time when we were both kind of the Philly live hip hop thing, phenomenons. Yeah, it's kind of like it kind of almost was like uh, the creation of kind of that live hip hop sound. Like um, it's just so formative and it, it boggles my mind um, that that it is kind of like a like a, a Philly secret almost, you know, like that people in this area, you can catch the right person who who knows and respects. But like outside outside of the state, it gets harder and harder to kind of bring that attention to it. Absolutely. Wait, can I say that on the show, Nate? You most certainly can. Absolutely. Here's a funny goat story. I'll just talk about it. my mother was in Anchorage, Alaska, and she was having a good time. And she, I think it was like campfire or something was happening. She was just kind of partying with people and friends. Oh, you're from Philly. It came up, and um, and somehow the goats came up. They might have mentioned it. I think they mentioned it because she's like, my son's in that group. No. And she loved telling the story because they're like, they didn't believe her because they were big fans. And she was like, well, she's like, go get one of your records. You know, you'll see EJ Simpson on the back. And in fact, she's thanked on one of them, you know, my mom, Brett. So that was a funny story. But yeah, the goat still uh, has a, a ripples, really. Uh, more so in Europe, maybe. We came this close. Where's my camera? To We actually did have a reunion last summer. or It was right before the election between somebody and somebody else we were actually most of us were did convene in a studio and do some tracking but it it, it didn't catch wings but it's not to say that it still it still couldn't catch fire wow I, that's incredible i'd i would uh uh kill somebody to hear that uh yeah <laughs> right, it, was all, it was all three rappers it was no, myself and the keyboardist and uh you know i give i guess i need names mark boyce and um 
Mad Sway, Zach and Odie, the three rappers in the same fucking room at Milk. Uh, what was it called? What's the studio over there? Um, it used to be the. It used to be the boys. It used to be uh, Roots uh, place. It's um, right above. Uh, oh, above like what is? Yeah. Um, Not good. God, why is that name slipping me? I I can't remember. But there was some, you know, some shit was going down, and uh, anyway, it was it was cool uh, about the goats. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's awesome. Um, so you know, is that is that where you first met? Um, uh, Joe and Phil. Um, Absolutely, the the, the butcher brothers. Yeah. Um, because uh, you know, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, to jump ahead, Phil uh, produced the new album. Yeah. Um, and 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 if, a few other things for you, right? As well. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, like I mentioned, Pierce was an old friend, and we went down Goat Alley together, Goat Experiences together, uh, and we met Joe Nicolo. And and Pierce was kind of keen on uh, Phil Nicolo's output. He he was like. I, I want to meet Joe's brother. Joe was great. Joe the Butcher was great. He did the goat stuff, and it, it was uh, kind of new for most of us. The studio at that level, maybe. Some of us. Um, but Phil had this rock thing, and he one of Pierce's favorite records was Orge Overkill, Saturation. And he we finally met him, and, and he brought in his Beatle cassette collection, and he let us dub all this rare shit, all the stuff that was uh, basically on the anthologies. He had somehow obtained in the 90s on cassette. So, Phil, we got to know Phil, Pierce and I. And one of my visits to Philly also was when I met Maggie. And so then Maggie, Pierce, and EJ kind of got rolling in the 90s, uh, sort of as the goats were kind of slowing down. And it was uh, Maggie, Pierce, and EJ's fourth record. One of them, we finally like, let's call, let's, let's ask Phil Nicolo. And he did several Maggie Pierce and EJs. He's done, uh, this is my third solo album, You Purple Virgin, uh, Truth I'm Looking for a Fabulous Fantasy, 2023. But um, Phil's done several of mine and a bunch of Maggie Pierce and EJ and some of their other solo stuff as well. It's awesome. Uh, when when uh, when you guys were uh, kind of doing the goat stuff and all, did you do any of the, uh, the session stuff at Rough House or? Oh, uh, some. Some, yeah. Um, and, and anything that would surprise me, like sessions that we did otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let me think. Uh, I know one thing we did was a goats bad brains kind of super hype session because we toured oh. together in Europe. And I remember that was um, engineered by Andy Kravitz, who I, who I've known since I was a kid, and he got all into Studio Four, and then he's been all over the world in studios and and uh, all that stuff. But that was a set. It was like a song session of. Uh, Bad Brains plus the goats. Hold on. There's others. They're going to come to me, Nate. Yeah, take your time. Yeah. I'll get out my rough house. I got my rough house records and tapes box, you know, in the archives somewhere. Yeah. I just, um, I just found, I was, I just got back from, uh, New Orleans, which is actually why I had to reschedule this because I tried oh, yeah, to, I tried to originally schedule this last week when I had a, uh, to get up for a flight at 3 a.m. Uh, and, and then my fiance this was like, are you flight. stupid? Um, but, uh, but when I was down in, uh, New Orleans, I found a, um, a, uh, 12 inch single of, uh, one of the crisscross uh, tracks that was recorded uh, at Rough House, and I was like, right. I was like, right on! I have to buy this uh, out of loyalty to my hometown. <laughs> that was the first kind of launching thing, and then the goats were happening. Cypress Hill was happening, and then the goats and the Fugees, yeah, were happening right kind of before Lauren Hill, Miss Hill went to you know in her her way. Um, there was a whole bunch of stuff. There was a rock band called Dandelion. There was it was uh, too short. I'm just like we would just sort of. 
take the latest CDs and I probably have them in a box somewhere. Like I said, the Rough House Archive Collection. That's awesome. That is, uh, that is so cool. The um, so the uh, Maggie Pierce and EJ, um, you you guys were pretty prolific, man. I mean, like you, you know, what what the first first album is a triple disc or something. Or... <laughs> uh, we were prolific because, like, I, I would talk about that band. We had seven writers, right? Because we had individually, then we had the pairs, and then we had the the three of us at once. So we put out nine or 10 CDs. We toured the all over the place, Europe uh, all, all, a lot and, and the States. Um, we did do a triple, but that was the sixth one. They were all color coded. Yeah. It, it started actually Pierce doodled on a napkin cartoon, simplified images of the three of us, Maggie Pierce and EJ. And that became the first cover, the first album, kind of like our white CD. And then we just decided to invert it, making our black CD, which also Andy Kravitz uh, was a part of way back then. And then we made the red CD with the same cartoon image of the three of us. And uh, it kept going from there. Um, the blue one got a little interesting because by that time we had met and befriended and then said goodbye to Jeff Buckley. I and wanted so, to ask you about that. How that yeah. like uh, um, where, where did you guys meet? Our fourth album became called Four, F-O-R, because it was for him. It was a crazy, it was just, it was our fourth album. And we wrote half the album when he was alive because we were like, wow, this guy is just moving us. This guy is like, is like uh, the talent, his talent. We um, crossed paths with him in New York at Cafe Chenet and sort of saw him and then would hear him and then hear about, and then his, his EP was coming out. Um, Maggie and I saw him at the Trocadero opening for Julianna Hatfield and said a little hello to him and gave him a cassette of some, some music. And then we saw him, Maggie Pearson, EJ, he was doing a secret tour and we caught wind of it at the last minute and said, Hey, uh, we missed his set, but we invited him back to our house and we broke bread and we, uh, shared things and passed things around. And we made, um, oh, if I can say absolutely, I can tell you exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, we we made some music and the funny thing i remember noting is that he came back to our house and our, our studio was set up maggie pierce and ej had a studio in gladwin at the time right near the um the studio that used to be there in the mill house right on, on mill creek road and um we jammed and it was a, a instrumental here we are this harmony trio and here we are here he is this person with this timeless voice for the ages we were just chilling man his, his tour manager was with him and and we all joked about it later, but they came over to our house in the woods and they were like, ah, where are we going? And then we get in and there's fresh bread baking because Pierce was a hell of a cook and somebody had given us some homegrown because Maggie Pierce needed toward Maine all the time. And it was an incredible night. We saw him the next night performing on his secret tour. And uh, and that was about six months. And then we were able to see him in Memphis uh, about a month before he swam away forever because we were on tour. We, he was doing these secret shows and he had relocated to Memphis. And uh, I mean, we dated the songs on Maggie Pearson EJ's four album because, you know, and then, then the, the catharsis songwriting process after he died. But we we streamed the record as a as a flowing piece. It's not just chronological, but you could you could easily listen to it that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, that's another one of my uh, another one of my I, I know you're only supposed to have one North Star, but that's that's another one for me is uh, that 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 
uh, Grace is is just the most mesmerizing album I've yeah. probably ever heard. Like it, it just uh, it, I and I and I have to be careful listening to it because it can very easily sink me. Um, a, because hell yes, it's just so profoundly beautiful. Like and uh, absolutely. Are you talking about um, Nesmith being a, a North Star as well? Yes, yeah. It's I've I've got I've got a, a few uh Nesmith uh Bowie was a big one, a big guy for me. Um yeah. Um actually uh hometown guy uh G Love uh was a uh, yeah. Gara was another one who I actually just saw oh, uh, really? yeah, in, yeah. New, in New Orleans. Uh the other well, day, he, but... of course there was the goat overlap and so I know I know him since since way back. But then there was some there was some session and he we Maggie Pearson EJ and G was there and he's played harmonica on one of our songs. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah. So I I haven't seen him in a while, but you know. Yeah, that's a. So we uh, were in New Orleans and they were playing at the House of Blues. So we went to see him and. Um, oh cool! And Chuck's playing with him right now. So I yeah. you know I got to see Chuck. Got to see G. Like. And was there a bass player? Yeah, um, Jimmy is playing with them. Okay, um, okay, right. Because I know they've done gigs. I think as a duo. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, Trees. Uh, I mean, is your neighbor? If you see him, tell me. EJ said hello, please. I absolutely will. Yeah, yeah. I, as I was leaving, I was like, Chuck, for two years, we've been talking about doing this interview. As soon as this tour is over, I'm locking it out. I, I will show up if I have to with my with my oh. traveling recording equipment, whatever it takes. We got to make you it. You had him in New Orleans, Nate. What happened? <laughs> it was it. Uh, I don't think any of us. Uh, it was the time for any no, of us. No, to... not the time. But so uh, G is G's on tour right now with Trees and uh, Yeah, man. That probably sounds great. It does. They 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 sound uh, really really good right now. Um, so you know, let's you know, let's jump. Um, I know this is going to be a, a quick fast track jump, but let's talk about the new album because I want to spend some time on, on this beautiful piece of work that you've put together. I almost um, wish it was. Uh, we we're showing the video because I keep holding up the artwork, and the artwork is really something. Thank it, you. Um, it really. Thank you for steering it. I hope I'm not rambling off too much. Steer it no. to the new record. It just it'll be released on may 5th so it's brand fucking new as you what were you saying um just that like uh how long have you been working on it like is has it um kind of been been in process for a while or yeah yeah it has actually i i didn't mean to take so long but a lot of shit happened in the last five years so we broke ground with phil nicolo at studio four five years ago and then um and then adrian and i adrian harpham and i um steered the the uh sessions afterwards at, at uh, mostly his studio his home studio in new york and in philly then eventually makes it with phil nicolo and he's phil nicolo has his new pressing plan he's got a whole vinyl scene going on called studio for vinyl and so he mastered it and you know and he did this i i can't wait to hear it on vinyl because like uh just some of some of the grooves and some of the kind of uh, uh ethereal feels to it um i'm excited to hear in analog um, okay yeah um yeah, because... there's a lot of it's it's um one of my friends listened to mixes and i loved it he said it's like i'm listening to a blade runner movie i can see that you know he he's a freaky artist himself and i just said wow i just you know i loved it as a like what the hell does that mean so it's very tactile he said and there's production value that adrian and i Adrian uh, a lot conjured up this this sound, you know. Uh, Adrian worked on my first solo album, You Purple Virgin, a little bit on the second one, and then a lot on this third one. And this is the first vinyl I've had. I just saw DJ Schmovie from the Goats last night. I haven't seen him in years. 
And I was like, this is the first, I had, I had to give him a vinyl. But, you know, Maggie Pearson EJ did a seven inch. And the goats, of course, had a had Columbia Records. And then they were, and that was back then. So that was a record. Of course, my choir record when I was 12 years old. But uh, anyway, I got vinyl. It will be at the release party. The album will drop all over the world, you know, thanks to our friend uh, Maggie P, right? Yeah. She's steering me in a, in cool, cool ways in uh, uh, the land of publicity. Thank you, Maggie Polis. Um, but May 5th, which is the night of the record release, not the CD release, the record, I got to retrain myself, record release party, and it will be at the Fallser Club in East Falls, which is in Philly. It's not far from Maniunk. Have you ever been there, Nate? No. It was a it was a a little movie theater a hundred years ago, like a like a silent movie theater, and it's been a few things. It was an office space. It was uh, I don't know what it was for the last hundred years, but now it's like a venue slash community center slash you know great spot for such an event. Oh, that's awesome! That is so cool. Yeah, I've 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 not been there. Um, I've I've heard of it. You know, well, you, you know how things are. You, you hear you hear everything in the area, but um, but I haven't gotten to uh, check anything out there yet. Here's your flyer. There, here's your flyer. Oh, look and at I'm that! I'm out to everybody. It says, uh, "E.J. Simpson's You Purple Virgin presents a fabulous fantasy." That's the name of the record. Record release show May fifth, twenty twenty three, at eight p.m. at the Falzer Club, which is. 3721 Midvale Avenue in Philly in East Falls. It's about four or five blocks from the river. As you're going up Midvale, it's on your left. And uh, it'll be a full moon. It'll be Cinco de Mayo. And it'll be the place to be uh, to listen to my entire record live with most of the players from the record, which are some Philly uh, cats, to say the least. That's actually what I was going to ask was, um, uh, have you been playing this stuff live yet or... Or will that kind of be the uh, the unveiling? Well, um, I'm gonna, like I said, most of these people, if you look on the back, um, there's going to be a dozen people on stage. So to that degree, it will be one and done, the first of its kind. I've been playing the songs a little bit. You know, uh, I, I could rock a few for you right now. I mean, you know. Yeah, man, I dig it. I can definitely dig it. Um, before before that show though, and before the release, um, you've got the uh, the seventeenth uh, annual uh, Jesus Christ Superstar Revival solo. Um, hey, man. The, Thank you. How, You're good. How the heck did that start? Um, I want to come back to the record because I want to talk about everybody who's on it. Yeah, but this one. I forget how time how much time you do on these. Oh, ones. we got plenty of time. As so, long as um, you got time, I got time. You see that picture? Yeah. There's a, uh, we're going to go to Superstar now. We're going to come back to the art of the album. Yeah. This gig is at Old Swedes. You know that spot. It's yes. a historic spot in South Philly. It's still a church. It's a church that you used to be able to row your boat up to and go to back in like 1678 or whatever it is. So, uh, And they do music and they have all kinds of things. So I was doing Superstar. I was doing a gig at Old Swedes. And I'd done Superstar already for almost 10 years. And they said, I said, oh, can I do it here? And they said to me, do you want to do it in the hall or in the sanctuary? And I'm like, uh, will I explode if I do this? So I do it in the church, which is an incredible sounding building. And so 
Uh, that'll be Friday, April 21st. Uh, doors at 7, shows at 8. Um, it's different every year. Do you know Superstar? Do you know that musical? I name? do. You know, it's funny. I had said earlier about, um, you know, the the uh, finding the secret things in your father's record collection. When I started doing theater, my dad was like, uh, if you like theater, take a listen to this. And I was just, again, mind flayed that like n- not just that it existed, but that he was into it. That he had it. But yeah, this this like heavy rock stuff that's, you know. It's a great piece of music. That was definitely not a, a, a secret. That we wore that that record out at at my um, house growing up. My dad is an Episcopalian minister, so that might tie it. But he was also a he was an interesting cat. That dad of mine. Um, he uh, but also was a music uh, aficionado and played piano. Like I said, sang in, in the choir. That's how he met my mom. Um, okay, so that uh, was a well played record as I grew up. Yeah. One day, I guess it's 18 years ago now, I'm visiting my sister in Albuquerque and she um, just puts it on and turns it up to 11. She's like singing it down the hall from the shower and I'm listening to it. And it was that time, it was kind of a transitional time. So I, I, Maggie Pearson EJ was doing this and my personal relationship was, you know, it was a moment of uh, transition for me and I, I, just I said, I'm going to learn this whole thing. And I'd never sung any of it. So I set about learning it just by playing along with it. I didn't get the score. I didn't. And so I changed it and I've mutated it. And by now, 17 years later, every year I do it differently. But I, it's still Jesus Christ Superstar. But I do it definitely through the prism of E.J. Simpson. And wherever that takes me, whatever instrument I might grab or uh, versions or interpretations or, you know, I hope you can yeah. come to that. That's, uh, you know. That's, it's, uh, there, you know, there's um, some clips out there on YouTube that I was able to kind of uh, take in a little bit. And um, just the, the, the sound of, 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 of doing Andrew Lloyd Webber on bells is just um, absolutely stellar, man. I usually have the bells right here by the piano, but I don't tonight. Oh, well. Yeah, these um, rainbow bells, they were my... Um, little cousin's toy bells and she's actually now 17 she actually did a cut her debut is singing backups on one of the tracks on my new record awesome then i mounted the bells onto a mic stand and i started playing them with mallets and i i love them i mean i uh they're on my car if i gave you my card nate it would say among other things it would say rainbow bellsist that's awesome rainbow bellsist it's it's definitely a talent. Um, the the bells also, um, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, make an appearance occasionally when you uh, play with Brew Review as well. Is that true? Absolutely. Good tie in. I like it. We're moving right along. Do you see how I do it? And now, Brew. What do you know? What do you know about Brew Review? Nate? So, like, here's here's the 100 honesty, and uh, it will probably get me kicked out of not just uh, the Philadelphia area, but kicked out of. <laughs> But kicked out of Ambler, I've never actually seen Baru Review live. Okay, so I only know from like um, friends and relatives, just like like, and every single one is like, "How have you never seen that? You've got to come experience this." Um, my boss, uh, who um, uh, uh, he and his wife, anytime uh, Baru is playing, they're there. Um, it gives me crap all of the time for. Well, I bet you I'm gonna know your your. I'm gonna know who you mentioned, uh, or, or at least recognize them. 
Okay, so about Baru or about me with Baru. Uh, Rainbow Bells definitely is part of it. You have two opportunities. They've been kind of reunioning since about 2006. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been in the fold now for six or seven years, which kind of blows my mind because I knew about Baru Review when I was a teenager, thanks to Pierce. And he had a couple of vinyl singles of, of Ken Queter and the Secret Kids and Baru Review. Philly, you know, bands from the 80s, you know? Yeah. And I saw Greg Davis at Walsh's. He would, you know, and he knew him as a guitar player around Philly. And um, he's on my record, too. I wanted to get back to who the heck is on my record. Well, uh, the guitar players are uh, Greg Davis and also Kevin Hansen. Do you know who he is? Uh, only by name. He's he's in Huffamusa. He's in the Fractals. And he's on my tracks and he's in fact he was this close to also playing my release party but unfortunately on the gig that would have the whole stage would have just been cinders if, if kevin hansen and greg davis were sharing but they're both sharing my my record here but um so uh you have two chances nate to see baru review they've been since about 06 they've been definitely doing two shows a year a thanksgiving and a christmas and, and other ones here and there this spring they have two really have a great song called miracle of spring and um you know one of their biggest fans is pierre robert mm-hmm. you know pierre i do he and bob baru go way 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 back right so he he usually emcees the shows and he's just the biggest fan ever and he came to the christmas show and he said as he was leaving he's like you guys should do a Chris, uh springtime show because what the world needs is to see a grown man dressed as a flower and that, and that locked it in i don't know i guess it we had two spring Baru review has two spring shows, whether that was Pierre's doing or not, or Bob's doing. So one of them is uh, coming right up. When does this air again? When do you blast this? Uh, Monday on Monday. So the 10th, uh, is that the 10th? All right. You're going to miss the, uh, it's at the living room, but it's called, it's like an unplugged Baru show. And they, they haven't done that for a while. And it's been sold out for actually two months. Cause they are, like you said, you're, you're, they have fans. Yeah. But the other one is the city winery. And that is in Philadelphia, and that is on the, I think it's the 19th of May. And I'd like to double, triple check for that. Okay. And that'll be the full on. And and that one you should come, I mean, when I say full on, like I don't know what I want to give away here, but like, there's a lot. When I say full on, there's a lot there to be full on with Peru Review. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've heard nothing but good things. Like I got, I got to do it. Like it's, it's, it's one of my blind spots as a, uh, as a Philly music connoisseur, you know? Yeah. Um, so let's, let's get back to, um, the players on the album. Um, because you've, you've got a a lot of people on this disc. Like (laughs) I got my, uh, my, I made a few CDs too. These are what Maggie calls soft launch. Ah, okay. Launch, launch, when it'll be available in all the way that the people in 2023 can access music, that will be Friday, May 5th. Well, let me tell you there, Nate, thanks for asking. Uh, Produced by Adrian Harpam and E.J. Simpson. All songs written by E.J. Simpson. There's me, I'm playing everything, a lot of stuff. And so is Adrian. Greg Davis is playing guitar, and Wally Smith is playing keyboards. Wally is another Philly alum who has played with uh, many people and he's quite a virtuoso on organ and on sounds and on, you know, and they tracked with Adrian and myself, the four of us tracked the bulk of the album at studio four or five years ago. And then with overdubs, uh, Santis Davis plays all kinds of percussion. Gaudet 
A friend of mine goes by Gadet. He played the tabla. We have actual tabla. He will be at the release party. And he's steeped in the tabla. He can, he, you know, tabla, you learn how to sing your tabla parts. And so back to, and Santis Davis plays um, kind of African, kind of Caribbean percussion. I, I met him in an open mic and I really liked his style. And, you know, we've met and became friends. And I, I just said, can you do a, can you, can you do a session? Can you come and, and throw down some, some percussion on my album? And he was happy to. And Adrian was like, wow, this is what, a, what an interesting, he's got a really great approach. Okay, the, the singers, uh, the backup singers are by uh, Rachel Hamovich, Allison Hilly, and Dina Miranda. And so I call them the Rads, Rachel, Allie, and Dina, the Rads. And um, they sing beautifully together. Allie and I, and Dina and I, and Rachel and I, we've all collabed in all kinds of ways. But the Rads are on my record, and they're doing my party, Nate. And they sound rad. They sound a fucking rad. All fucking right, rad. podcast. They sound fucking rad. Totally rad. Oh, yeah. Jade L. LeBrant is my cousin. And she's going to definitely sing the song that she sings on the record. And we'll see how it goes at rehearsal. She might be up for, for more. Might be up for some percussion. Jade, my cousin Jade. Kevin Hansen, like I said, plays on a couple of tracks. David Fishkin. Do you know him? I don't. Fabulous saxophone player. Uh, West Philly Orchestra and uh, Adult Content is his band. Extreme Fishkin is one of his things. Um, when tracking this one track uh, uh, in the studio, I we we said, David, uh, just play your saxophone to the drums. We wouldn't let him hear the whole track. So we really wanted that like percussive reactionary insanity, uh, which we ended up using most of that take. Um, and the other horn is uh, Kuf Ebi, who plays flugelhorn. And I also met him with uh, West Philly Orchestra. I don't know that he's still a part of that, but he does a crazy ambient, beautiful sounding thing. Uh, at the Abyssinia a few times a month, Koof Ebi. Uh, unfortunately, neither of those two will be at the release party, but I have a stellar other horn section, which we could talk about in a minute if you want. My brother Jeffrey Simpson uh, is singing on one track because we had done it. He's a songwriter as well. We did a record for him, and there was this track laid over. I said, I'm putting it on this record. And that track also has Owen Osborne on the drums, Adam Flicker on the organ. Do you know Adam? I do. Oh, well, I don't know him personally, but... I and he's a hell of a trumpet player. He'll be playing trumpet at my release party. Oh, no kidding. And then I have uh, Wendy Romig and Vrindavan chanting and doing some some chanting in the Hooray Hooray song. Uh, Brother Ed and uh, Bhakti Earth playing cartels, which is this... Uh, it's kind of like uh, handbells. And don't forget Kristen Jewell. She chanted as well. That's who's on my record, Nate. It's it, it, like it, it's amazing how like when kind of navigating that many um, collaborators and stuff like that on a, on a project like this. Um, do you do you have that um, kind of built into your idea of what the song would be, or do you allow that to kind of drag the song to where it ends up? Does that make sense? Did that come out right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, good question. Um, I'm going to say both. I might say I want to have strings on this, or I think there should be percussion on that. And then Adrian and I would bounce it off of each other. And um, But then when they came in and tracked, uh, I might have a part and say, hey, I want you to play this. I want you to play this. And then they'd say, well, what about this, this, and this? So that was definitely give and take um, to do that. The crazy horn bit that, that kind of ends the album. Um, but with Kevin, you know, Adrian kind of, as producer, was was kind of leading that. So he kind of, I was even not at some of the Kevin sessions. I came late or I heard it the next day. 
I was like, what the heck? What have you done to my track? But in the best of ways, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I can't answer that, but you know, like, um, yeah, percussion and tabla. I think I want you on these tracks. I would have harmony ideas, but of course we would work different stuff out and new ideas. So, so kind of both. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible. And it, like, it, it turned out phenomenal, you know, like one of the things that um, I always, I always think this is an interesting thing, but um, uh, it, whether it's planned or not, but it may feels like a, this feels like a May album. Like it feels like a kicking off summer kind of uh, vibe. Was that intentional? Yay. Feel good hit of the summer, Nate. Thank you. <laughs> Purple Virgin. Yeah. Um, Kind of, sort of, yes, uh, but also it's timing because, like I said, a lot of things happened in the world and for me personally in the last several years, which is why it took the time that it took. Um, but, yeah, it's it's launching, baby. It is Cinco de Mayo. Um, one of the musicians at the party, uh, uh, Jay Davidson, who's a really great sax player, he's going to do the party. And I said, hey, are you available on uh, May 5th? And he responded, Cinco de EJ, I'm there. <laughs> which was really beautiful. Jay Davidson, let me, uh, who's going to do the horns at the release party will be Jay Davidson, Adam Flicker on the trumpet, Tuba Dan. And I got to tell you about Tuba Dan Nashaney because he's an old friend of mine and we collaborate and connect uh, really, really uh, good, good chemistry. And he, uh, and he suggested another uh, sax player named Wally. And I'm afraid I don't know his last name B. Wally B will also be uh, part of the horns at my party. That's awesome. So, so what did you say? A twelve piece? Is that is that what what's lining that stage somewhere around there? I got a dancer. I got a video projector. I have a props person. Um, we're gonna have some kind of catering. Eat, drink, be merry. There's a you know there'll be a bar there. That's kind of their thing. But I'm just saying, it's Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Tequila. If you know if that's your thing, I believe that will be quite quite uh, available. So um you you keep setting up these beautiful segues you mentioned you have a dancer so there's something else i want to really ask you about um uh, can you tell me anything about this mark twain idea uh with with ballet and an orchestra um i can, I can nate i can let me just go back and say but about the tequila and everything it's all ages event there will be plenty of non-alc stuff for the non-alc people because there's lots of us out there so it's going to be a party and it's going to be festive in the full moon vibe all ages light snacks it's going to be the you know it's going to be a good time so what's next in my in my creative you know process is the follow-up to this one a covers album you know the the goats and maggie pierce and ej are still kind of like we could let's hit it again you know let's get in the studio again and there's a book by mark twain that i set to music um it's called the war prayer i'm looking you see me looking around now so i wish we were doing the the um video sometimes but not now it's around here somewhere i can't find it it's called the war prayer have you heard of it no i haven't um mark twain wrote it and he said publish it after i'm dead because you know uh it's too true or, or something you know and uh my mom was a big big proponent of it so it's to my dearly beloved grit gentilly my mom and uh she was handing it out left and right in 2001 when the war drums were being beaten and it's um it's it's heavy, you know, and I uh, I don't know when I got the idea or when I started going. I wonder if I could songify this text, you know, uh, and I've done it and I'm deep into it. Actually, it's been piecemealed at um, uh, Ted Richardson studio in Germantown. We've been hitting that for a couple of years. Uh, I actually got my mom uh, to the studio. So she will be there's a there's a guest vocal. That's awesome. So that's going to be cool. 
I just did a horn overdub. I just did a string overdub. Um, I mean, listen, you know, what do you know about me, people listening? You know, I like Jesus Christ Superstar. We talked about other band influences, history. It's um, about five or six pieces, and it tells the story, and um, um, hopefully it'll be out in 24, 25. That's incredible. Um, how, so what, what, what is the kind of, um, uh, 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 concept behind, um, performing that? Like, are, are you kind of looking to, um, put it on yourself? Are you looking to kind of get an orchestra together to put it on or? Once it's done and gets some wings and I, I have, I have talked to the Mark Twain house in, in Massachusetts several times and, and they're, you know, aware of it. And it was like, Oh, that's cool. There was no like, Hey, what do you, what, what are you doing? They were like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and my, in my imagination, I, in my dreams, I'm, um, 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 there's a ballet, uh, some choreography to it. So, um, thanks to my lovely lady, uh, Jeannie, my girlfriend, um, has, has kind of, broaden my horizons with dance and ballet X. So I'm a big fan of ballet X and I've gotten to know the founder there, Christine, and uh, talked to her a little bit about it. Um, and that's where uh, my imagination, this is going. So this is still, we're still in the kitchen, in the studio. We're still, you know, it's not been mixed. It hasn't finished. Uh, the recording hasn't been finished yet, but um, like I said, that's, uh, you know, but it's well underway. It is well underway. It's not like, ah, we just started the tracks. So like, no, 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 man, we we got the strings and horns, you know, and we're going to get the gospel choir in there next month. And, you know, that, that's what's happening, Nate. That's that's kind of in, in the works a little bit. It's so awesomely ambitious. And like, <laughs> uh, and like when, when, when it, it, I think it's only like a sentence in the press release or something like that. And I was like, uh, hold on, can we, uh, expand on this a little bit? Because it sounds phenomenal to me. Like it's really exciting. And like you said, with the, with the love of Jesus Christ superstar and stuff like that, and kind of the idea of making your own, you know, something that someone can, can wear out on the, you know, on, on their dad's record player or something like that is just a, a a phenomenal cycle. Yeah, it's going to be cool. We got uh, Josh Steingart and Maddie Muir are both great Philly drummers and they're both on, uh, uh, on it. Um, Logan, um, what is Logan's last name? Keyboard player, Roth, Logan Roth and Adam Flicker are playing on that. Um, Tuba Dan uh, arranged the horn section uh, for me. Um, Dan Noshaney, his thing is called Neon and Shy. He was in West Philly Orchestra. Uh, I met him um, years ago. He came on tour with uh, Maggie Pearson, EJ. And uh, we worked with him in really creative, funny ways. He's a great musician, great ear, um, or, um, harmon- um, accordion, and several uh, brass instruments. And um, we even joked that the end of Maggie Pearson, EJ, which was the band name, if we rearranged it, it would be Dan. So he, he's... Uh, he and I go way back. And uh, if I can tell you a little secret, Nate, can I? Yeah, absolutely. The way I do Jesus Christ Superstar is kind of usually a one-man show, but sometimes I have surprise guests and, uh, well, I've, I've said too much. Okay. I, hope you, I hope you can come to that on uh, the Jesus Christ Superstar show on the 21st. 21st. I hope so. Like, uh, I, I, I definitely want to check it out. I am, uh, I, I am a fan. Um, and I'm a fan of you, man. Like I, I, I you uh, exemplify everything that I I love about music and and oh, creativity and stuff like that. You know, it's it it comes from it comes from a place of there's nothing else you could do. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that that's it. Like you found like, it, you found your thing and you, there's nothing else to do in this lifetime. Yeah. Like, well, I might as well do this. And if I can really pour into it, then here we go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, at this time, would you like to go through my jauntlet questionnaire? These are my questions that I ask all of my guests uh, on oh, this shit. show. Oh, shit. It's getting warm in here. It's getting warm in here. It starts cool. with the one-hit wonders, even though none of these are one-hit wonders. I always like to clarify that because some people get confused at times, and, you know, you just got to help them. You got to take them by the hand and lead them to where you're going. Okay, um, here's my hand. Here's my hand. Thank all you. right, here we go. Come here. Bring it, bring it in. Uh, the first one, Billy Joel or Elton John? Who who do you prefer? Uh, I, he's Sir EJ. I'm EJ. He is Sir EJ. <laughs> I'll go with each Sir EJ. Okay, excellent. Uh, number two, Debbie Harry or Joan Jett? Wow. Um no, it's funny, like on stage or like, you know, to, to party with. Um, I guess I'll go with Debbie. Okay. Okay. Good answer. Good answer. There are no wrong answers. To yeah. This, yeah. By the way. Like, uh, it, 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 sometimes people are like, like to answer and then apologize. And I'm like, what are you apologizing for? Yeah. You picked, yeah. you picked a legend over a legend. Yes. Uh, the funny one you got, Nate, you're, you're a little jauntlet here at the end. It's very funny. <laughs> I like it. Uh, next one, Aretha Franklin or Tina Turner. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, Again, like um, on stage or or you know out on the town. Um, I'll go with uh, Miss Tina. Oh, I'll go with Miss Tina, and we'll we'll do some Buddhist chanting while we're while we're hanging out together. Okay, I like it. I like it. Uh, Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Oh Jesus! I I'm sorry. <laughs> the first one. The first ten. Like, please, do we no? Yeah. So Nirvana played Dobbs. I, I unfortunately was not there. I'd like to lie and say I was there. I was aware of it. I was friends with the door guy. Anyway, yeah, the that's, former is the answer to that question. That's incredible. Um, uh, one of my uh, recent guests, Kevin Allison, was a member of uh, uh, the state uh, on MTV. I don't know if you remember that sketch comedy show. Yeah. Um, but he said that uh, MTV gave them all tickets to Nirvana Unplugged, and he blew it off to go to a party. <laughs> and it's yeah. one of his great regrets. Yeah, you know, with the Pearl Jam guys, I, I do like them to the level that I did see PJ20. I watched the documentary about their, and, uh, you know, that would be, they'd be a fun, uh, they seem like uh, swell blokes. But, swell uh, dudes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next one, Janis Joplin or Stevie Nicks? Oh, Stevie's alive and well. I actually have heard her with these ears. Um, I do a ton of tribute nights, and one of them I've done is a Janis night. Um, and I'm playing guitar. It's a lot of fun. I'll go with Miss Janice Joplin. Okay. Okay. Uh, the big, the big cliche Beatles are the stones. Mm. Well, let me tell you, we, because John is a definitive, there's no definition to John. If I needed backup on a street fight and it was going to get ugly, bottles were going to get broken and chains were coming out. I would want the 1963 Beatles hands down. No way would I want the stones. So, I like it. I like well, it. On that level. That's an incredible answer. On longevity level, holy shit! What? Yeah, right. That, you know we're you know we were talking about playing with uh, people you've been playing with since you were kids, like Mick and Keith playing together. Like I, I saw a video of them recently, like backstage on on like maybe the last tour or something like that, just kind of sitting around singing together. And I was, I, it was just something beautiful about it. Like, like how many times they had to have done that, but like it just felt like still magic, you know? Oh, totally. I got. I'm looking for a Mick and Keith magazine that I just had. Did you ever see that? Um, it was a promotion bit, and it was Mick and Charlie Watts hanging out in their hotel room. 
And they were obviously such, you know, yeah, the, the camaraderie and the, the manager comes in and he starts asking him questions. Uh, but it's like a Monty Python meets Rolling Stones promotional comedy bit. And he goes, do you want to open with uh, Honky Tonk Women or do you want to do uh, or do you want to do uh, Beast of Burden? All right. And what, what's your encore going to be? And he goes, uh, I think we'll do the parrot sketch. <laughs> it, it was just so funny. And like, I mean, who knows if they're all pals? You sort of assume they are. Yeah. Hanging out with Tim Rice, too, and Andrew Lloyd Webber. I don't know. Maybe they're all pals. I don't know. Yeah. You got to hope, right? You got to hope. Yeah. Uh, the last one of the one hit wonders, Bohemian Rhapsody or Stairway to Heaven? Wow. It's like, okay, so which one do I turn up more often when it comes on the radio or turn off? Like, I, I, I don't need to hear this anymore. Um, you know, they're neck and neck. Uh, they're neck and neck. I, I, I might lean towards Stairway just because of the, just because of the heavy, but, uh, but um, Bohemian and, and the, the, the opera part, you know, does yeah. that answer it? I think that I answer. answers it. Yeah, that's an answer. I take that. Uh, the the second half of this is the top ten countdown. Um, oh Jesus! As, as you are well aware, John can be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be music. It can be anything you want. Uh, so the the number one. What was your first John? What was the first thing you were obsessed with when you were a kid? Oh right, dig it. Um, well, we'll keep it with music. It'll be fun. I I think my first concert was the Beach Boys, and I had a bunch of Beach Boys records, and then they were usurped by kind of monkeys and uh, and that sort of thing. I was a kid then. I was a big Adam and the Ants fan. That was that was a big one for my mom. And uh, it, it, you know, I had a conversation with someone where I was talking about I can I can rattle off the top of my head very quickly every of my dad's favorite uh, artists. But when it comes to my mom, like I can only think of like albums that she liked. I can't think of like artists that she liked. It's like a very weird kind of thing. And I don't know if it's just kind of like a idol, you know, childhood idolation or anything like that. But um, cool. but Adam and the Ants was a big one for my mom. Which, which album, Nate? Which album? Uh, for her, uh, yeah, that, for her. That, well, that oh, I, I guess I should have explained it further. That's the only one where she had like multiple albums. Of. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, as opposed to it just being like, um, like she loved um, uh, songs in the key of life, uh, by Stevie Wonder, but but didn't own any other Stevie Wonder albums. Like it was just well, very specifically, and one of the greatest albums ever made. So I understandably, saw, I so. saw the uh, songs in the key of life tour recently here in in Philly. And it was just I, the whole, he lifted the whole the whole stadium was was elevated. It was like church meets uh, meets um, just magical music. It was amazing. And I saw Adam Ant a couple years ago at the Miriam. Oh, that's awesome! I love it. All right, uh, number two. What's your current John? What are you into right now? What am I into? I mean, I've got a busy um, spring, so I'm kind of just kind of practicing all this sort of stuff. Um, what am I listening to? Oh, my my biggest John. Oh, John could be anything. Uh, you know, uh, bike rides in the spring, you know? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, new John. I, I'm busy with Baru Review. I, I'm busy with a band called Boris Garcia, which I didn't mention. I play with Ken Queter. I play with my old friend, John Abella. And then I got my two big gigs, which are my superstar and my record release party. So my John is, is, my, is my piano. Excuse me, Nate. I love it. I love it. Uh, number three, you answered first concert was the Beach Boys. That's um, that's a hard act to follow. I would, I would think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was a little kid and like, and it's hazy, but uh, I saw Bill Monroe early on too. Um, I do play mandolin too, and that's maybe why. But um, first concert, yeah, yeah. 
That's awesome. Uh, uh, the uh, number four, what was your last concert? Most recent concert? Yeah. I know this. I know this. I know this. It was recent, but, you know, I uh, I have to think about it. I know I saw Katie Lang recently. I know I saw um, Victor Wooten recently. I know wow. I saw, it's 2023, right? Yeah. I've got concert tickets. Phil Lesh up at the Capitol Theater, the world famous Capitol Theater. That was cool. I was at the Apollo for the first time last week. Uh, um, Andy, my buddy Andy Kravitz, and I went up there. He he had a ticket. Taj Mahal was on the bill. Oh God, Taylor yes, that was on the bill. And some uh, jazz titans that were on the bill of jazz. Some legendary uh, jazz cats. That was probably the most recent. Most recent. Uh, John oh. Steve Jordan, the drummer, was was doing his thing. That's awesome. That's uh, number five. What was your favorite concert you ever went to? Well, there's not going to be one, Nate. <laughs> so glad you don't have a Max L forty five that's about to run out. <laughs> it's so true. It's so... On my favorite concert, yeah, I did see Bjork at the Trocadero. Wow, that was you know I saw Jeff Buckley a handful of times. I'm I'm lucky to see those because those are so uh, moving. Um, that's Radio Radiohead a couple years ago. The songs of the key of life. Um, yeah. Good answers. Good answers. Uh, you just named something that is a, a perfect segue because it's one of my answers for number six. Who have you never seen live that you wish you would have? They can be living or dead because my answer is Jeff Buckley. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Oh, yeah. That's long. Uh, oh, Zappa. I came this close to seeing Zappa, but I never did. I've met Dweezil. Dweezil's come into Danny's guitar shop where I teach. And we're like, hey, you look familiar. Seemed awfully nice. Come in a couple times. Zappa. You know, anybody, God, Nina Simone, you know, Thelonious Monk, um, Jocko, uh, Janice, yeah. you know, um, Pigpen, why not? Go go way back. We're time tripping. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Good answers. Good answers. Uh, number seven, name an unappreciated John. Name something you wish more people were into. Aha. Uh -huh. What is an, un uh, yeah, well, you know, I'm working on a bunch of stuff and I'm deep in music with all, and I'm like, I wish there was a bigger audience for all this music that, you know, I think is great. And so that's on the website, I guess, or, you know, Adrian's projects or, um, my record is underappreciated. No, what is an underappreciated? Um, I mean, there's an audience for somebody like, you know, like sweet honey and the rock. Are they underappreciated? They're, they're known by some, but they're not like, uh, they're still singing. Um, Lambert Hendricks and Ross, do you know them? I don't know them. Jazz, I mean, they're a big influence from the, the 50s and 60s, vocal trio stuff. They influenced Maggie Pierce and EJ uh, somewhat. And I'm like, well, how can people not know know about this vocalese stuff? Um, I will definitely uh, have to dig into some of that. Uh, number eight, this is a hard one, and I understand. And you, you can add any parameter you want to if you want to narrow it down. But what's your favorite album? Oh, yeah, yeah, any parameter. Obviously, I'm not really narrowing it down, is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, what's an album you like? You're like, hold on, everybody. I'm gonna listen to Grace. Okay, hold hold on. I'll, I'll be back in about an hour, maybe. Yeah. Um, I would be up there. Um, I just got a great copy of Weasel's "Rip My Flesh," brand new sealed copy. Eh, oh, uh, yeah, I'll put a Bjork album in there. I'll put a Bjork album in there. Um, post. Perfect. I love it. Uh, number nine. Name an artist whose output you'll consume anything they release. Aforementioned, you know. I mean, uh, I guess I didn't buy the recent Bjork one, but there was a time I was voracious. I'm going to listen to the Jeff Buckley. It's all scraping the barrel, you know, but but does that that, that might not really count. Um, who's got a cool new uh, record? Um, well, it's record store day coming up, you know. 
It is indeed. I'm excited. I don't know if you heard, uh, they just announced today that WXPN is putting out a uh, six song vinyl on record store day um, with um, some local Philly artists, which is pretty exciting. Nice. Nice. I should be blasted on the local show this week's ahead, but um, record store day is going to be great. There's a long in the tooth on Sansom street. Um, That's a great record store here in Philadelphia. They sell my record main street music and Maniunk. They will have my record. And I think I'm going to be doing a performance at Shady Dog out in Berwyn. They also are selling my record. It's a Danny's Guitar Shop in Narbeth, which is where I teach uh, music. Um, and uh, yeah, Record Store Day. I'll have to go pick up a new favorite record on the, uh, what is it? What's the date of that, Nate? The, the 20, it might be what, second? the 22nd. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, I think it's the day after my superstar, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Uh, the the 10th and final of the top 10 countdown. What's your favorite John of all time? Again, it can be anything you want it to be. <laughs> right. John is like, whoa, John. Um, okay. You're in a hot tub with some good friends and there's a light snow sprinkling and you've got some cold bubbly and uh, that'd be a good John, wouldn't it? The music Absolutely. Is, is right. The music is, is, it's a mixture of, you know, your, your tracks and your face, all the four, like a mixture of everything we touched on would be one hell of a fucking mixtape, wouldn't it? Oh my God. Absolutely. You paint, you paint a pretty picture of a beautiful John. John. I love it. I love it. So the new album, uh, you purple virgin presents fabulous fantasy out on May 5th. Um, everybody should definitely, definitely, uh, pick up a copy. And I, like I said, I am super excited to hear this on vinyl, um, because it's absolutely phenomenal. All right, uh, I can get you one before if uh, with the old U.S. Post Office, or you can come on the fifth. Okay, uh, I, I, we'll okay. talk about that offline here. Yeah, you know. I love it. I love it. If these cool cats and kittens listening to this show want to track you down on the internet, what's the best way to find you? There's this little thing called ejsimpsonmusic.com. That's Perfect. pretty direct. That's pretty. That is pretty direct. ejsimpsonmusic.com. Um, so you, um, you said you're kind of already starting to piece together ideas for the follow-up other than, other than just the, uh, the Mark Twain piece, but, uh, the, so the, is that the kind of December idea or the, uh, I think I should focus on finishing the Mark Twain, but yeah. I did have a couple tracks already started with Adrian, with John Abella, cause you know, that's what we do. We got some recording and, and, uh, and, um. So I don't know. It won't be, uh, well, who knows? It could be by, by Christmas, by the end of the year, by the end of 2023. Uh, so the next John will uh, remain to be uh, fleshed out in the John. I love it. I love it. Uh, EJ, thank you so much for doing this uh, today and chatting with me. And um, uh, allow me to also just say, if you ever do this monkey's cover thing again, and uh, you need someone to come in and drop a Nez track, uh, you know who to call. Uh <laughs> you know the Nez. You know all the Nez, don't you? I do. I do. That's my, that's my spot. But, uh, but no, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for creating like all of the music you are truly. And, and I'm not just saying this because you're a guest or whatnot. You are, I believe an unappreciated John, um, not just in this area, but in, in music in general, because um, you just do phenomenal work and, and, oh, and you remain interesting. And I'm, I'm really excited, um, really excited for this Mark Twain thing. Like that's, that really just really sparked something in my my head that I, I can't wait to check it out. So uh thank you so much for doing it. But Maggie P is gonna change all that, isn't she, Nate? That's right. She's gonna I'm let everybody know. Stuff, right? She isn't she the best? Shout oh. out to Maggie, the absolute Maggie best. Paulus, I did. Oh, I'm glad I held this record up. Abba Roland did this cover. 
and, and she uh, is a really cool visual artist and a songwriter. And I wanted to definitely, I would, I would have been remiss if I had forgotten about Abba Roland did my record cover, and Bevan McShay does the cool Jesus Christ superstar art. And in fact, Bevan McShay is hiding somewhere on my record. You just have to get one and look closely. That's awesome. I love it. Thank right. you again for doing this. Thank you, Nate. I can't wait to see you in person. My thanks again to EJ for joining me on the show today. If you would like to find out more about EJ, you can visit his website at www.ejsimpsonmusic.com. EJ's new album, You Purple Virgin Presents Fabulous Fantasy, is set to be released on Friday, May 5th. And that night at 8 p.m., he will be taking the stage to celebrate the album's release with a performance at the Foster Club in East Falls. And on April 21st, you can catch EJ at Old Swedes Church in Philadelphia, where he will be performing his 17th annual solo revival of Jesus Christ Superstar. Links to all of those will, as always, be in the show notes. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to the Yo That's My John podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Where you're listening to it right now, hit subscribe. I would appreciate the heck out of that. And gang, it is never too late to get yourself a super awesome John Scout merit badge for citizenship of the world just by rating and reviewing us. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com for articles, merchandise, and links to all of the previous episodes of this podcast. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our mailing list to get all of the updates delivered straight to your inbox. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yo that's my John for updates and live streams. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Yo That's My John and search Yo That's My John on YouTube to find the Yo That's My John YouTube channel. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out and touch some John. Oh yeah, baby, we are back. We are recharged and we are ready to rock. (laughs) Oh man, thank you as always for joining me on this bus of fun that we call a podcast. Blue skies, until next time, everybody. Hey yo, displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure Your taste in music doesn't have to be Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production Written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle Theme song by Phil Tyler Music featuring Nate 3.0 Special thanks to Fox Run Brands, DX Ferris, Andrew Scott, Natalie Runkle And the incredibly brilliant and wickedly stunning Katie Daubney If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yothatsmyjohn at gmail.com. Or you can leave an audio message for us and possibly hear yourself on a future episode by visiting anchor.fm slash ytmj slash message. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout, To the world, yo, that's my John.